Lecture topic: Feeding the row. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladin astafa. Amma baadu fa'audu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يزال لسانك رطبا من ذكر الله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah Ta'ala has created insan and this insan primarily has two parts to him one is the part of his body, his physical existence and the other is his ruh, his soul the body this is from sand, from dust, from the earth. Minha khalaqnakum wa fiha nu'idukum Allah says, from this very earth we have created you. Insan, this is his origin. His origin is from, this, from the earth. And it is from the very earth that is his sustenance and his nourishment as well. This body has come from the earth the nourishment of it is also from the earth that when a person has to nourish this body he has to eat some food that food came from where it grows off the earth the water also he gets it primarily from the earth though it descends some amount of the water comes from the skies that he takes but is generally drawn from the earth through the rivers, through the wells, through whatever and then his clothing also comes from the earth whatever garments he wears, that fabric was all grown out of the earth its raw materials came from the earth and then one day he will pass away, he will be buried back into the earth and his body will decompose into that earth and become a patch of the ground And then one day he'll be resurrected again from that earth. That is why when we are burying the deceased, then the three handfuls of sand at least that we should be putting onto the grave and reciting this to remind ourselves where we came from and where we're heading. Unfortunately, generally at the Qabristan, at the graveyard, at the time when we are attending a janaza, we often forget to remember our own death. If it is somebody very near, very close, some very close friend, family person, then we feel grieved over his loss, but we forget about our own death. And if it is some distant person, is not somebody that we are too familiar with, we haven't known very well, it's our Muslim brother, so we attended the janaza, which is his right. And that's another very important aspect. That there are many things which are the rights of a Muslim. Haqqul Muslimi ala al-Muslimi sit min one hadith sharif, Nabi Salaam says, 
There are six things which are the right of a Muslim. The right of a Muslim. So among these things that are mentioned, that when he becomes sick, then you visit him. And if he passes away, then you attend his janazah. Among other things that are mentioned there, when he sneezes, you reply to his saying of Alhamdulillah. And some other aspects are also mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. So for example, this particular aspect, he got sick, then to visit him. Now if we know somebody well, he's our friend, he's some family person, he's some associate, colleague, whatever. And now he got sick, so we visit him. And indeed, if he's a family person, then that is all the more important because this is a requirement of maintaining family relationships also. That now if he is not well, then you visit him. But if the person is a friend, now we visit him on the note of friendship very well, no problem. But how often do we do it on the note that this is the right of a Muslim? So this is my fellow Muslim. He may not be my relative, he may not be my friend, he may not be a colleague, he may not be somebody I have any dealings with. But I got to know he's my somebody, some Musalli in the Masjid, he's a neighbor down the road, whoever. So on that note to visit him that this is the right of a Muslim. And likewise somebody has passed away to attend the janazah on this note that it is the right of a Muslim. If some people attend the janazah and take care of the necessary, then the obligation is over from everybody else, they are all absolved, they are all free from the obligation. But the right of a Muslim, that if it, one could attend the janazah, he should attend it. So on that note, that this is the right of a Muslim. So often that doesn't come to our minds. The right of a Muslim. So, when we are at the janazah, now if it's somebody near and dear, we'll feel a little grief for him, for the person who has passed away. Now somebody else, if it's our own near and dear one, we'll ourselves feel grieved. And if it is somebody else who we know well, we'll feel sorry for his loss. But even in those instances, we forget to remember our own deaths while they're in the Qabristan, while they're in the graveyard, in the Maqbara. And if it is not somebody we knew very well, we attended the janazah for the great rewards that are mentioned, for the right of a Muslim, then we forget to remember anything. Yes, we remember that it is a rewarding act, if that, that too, if we remember it. But otherwise, so this is also an occasion to remember our death. Minha khalaqanakum. From this we created you, from this sand, from this dust. And when this is the origin of insan, he's been created from this dust, from this sand, from this earth, which is trampled all the time, which if you throw it up also will come down. So what is this insan supposed to be? He's from the earth, he's supposed to be humble. Because that's the quality of this earth, <coughs> it's always down. It's always down. You throw it up also it will come down. So this is the insan, that he should be humble, always low, not trying to make himself somebody, trying to project himself, but always humbling himself. I'm nobody. I'm the humble servant of Allah Ta'ala. So this is an occasion to remember our origin, where we came from. We came from this dust, from this earth. مِنْهَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ And وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ Allah Ta'ala says, we will return you to this. 
So when we are seeing somebody else being lowered into their grave, to bring to mind that this is going to be one day my condition also. To visualize that, to actually see that in the eye of our mind, that I am being lowered down into the grave. What's going to be the feeling at that time? What's going to be the condition? And I am going to be left alone in that grave. How going to fare on that day? Have I prepared for it? What have I prepared for it? And would I be fine to leave any moment? If suddenly my time comes, I'll be worried now. So many things I left in a state of disarray. So many things I wish I didn't leave behind. So in any case, this is also an occasion to remember this death. But the lesson we get from here is, we came from the earth. This body came from the earth. Minha khalaqanakum. And the nourishment of this body is also from the earth. And eventually return to the earth also. So this is the body. And then there's the ruh, the soul. The soul, the soul came from above. وَنَفَخْنَا فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِنَا Came from above. That says we blew the soul into it. Didn't come from the earth. And the soul came from above. The nourishment of the soul is also things that are related to above. The soul will not get nourished by anything from down. The soul will get nourished from what is related to above. What is related to above? Salah is from above. It came down via wahi. Rasulullah was called right up to be granted salah. Command came, but right up, Nabi Sallallahu was called. Zakat is from above, came from Wahi. Fasting is from above. Likewise, the Quran Sharif was revealed from above. So the tilawat of the Quran Sharif is this nourishment from above. And all the amal and righteous deeds, everything that's related to Iman, because Iman and all the amal, everything that's related to Wahi, all this has come from above. This is the nourishment of the soul. So Allah has created this body with needs. And it has to be cared for, it has to be nourished. If you don't want to maintain this body, the body to keep it into good shape, into good, in good health, it requires an ongoing effort. This is a common thing with everything in dunya. All the things that are related to earth, all the things in dunya, this is a common thing. That it is inherent in it, it is in it, that there is weakness, there is the potential to, be go, to go off and bad, and to rot, and to decay, that's part of everything. Food, you want to keep it in a good state, going to have to make a lot of effort on it. Cook it well, and then store it properly, and then do so many things, then to after a while, it will go off. But, so so many efforts have to be made to keep it in a good condition. But if you want to make it rot, do nothing. Just leave it lying anywhere. Leave it lying anywhere, and in a short while you start seeing already, within a day or two, there's a terrible smell already coming from it, there's already the 
signs of the decay are coming. In a short while, within days. You want to keep a house in good condition, let alone building it. Just keep it in good condition after being built, ongoing maintenance required. Let alone doing any other major maintenance, just stop sweeping it for a few days, one, two days. And already it will be filled with dust. And then just leave it like that without any effort. Shortly thereafter, within months and barely a year or two, it will already be now falling apart. But to keep it in good condition, ongoing maintenance and ongoing effort is required. So likewise the body, to keep it in good health, now you've got to keep giving it the right nourishment, keep giving it sometimes some medication, the right exercise. So many efforts have to be ongoing to keep the health of this body in place. And if you don't want to be healthy, person wants to get sick, person wants to become totally help, useless and helpless, then just leave everything. Don't even eat well, don't even eat properly, don't eat anything. Don't care for the self, don't bother what comes and hurts you, what's bleeding and what's hurting. And within days, person will be lying in the hospital in the ICU. So he hasn't eaten anything, he hasn't consumed anything of health, of nourishment, hasn't cared for himself. So for that body to remain in good health, ongoing effort, ongoing work and time, effort. Everything else we've understood about this, whether it's our homes, whether it's our cars, whether it's our simple things in life, we don't stop making the effort to maintain it, to keep it in good condition. So the ruh also requires this nourishment. And the ruh as well, will not remain in good condition without an ongoing effort. There's an ongoing effort that is required and necessary for this ruh. Allah Ta'ala gave us, made part of this effort compulsory on us. Like a person doesn't eat three times a day, he feels now he's gone weak. So it's not compulsory to eat three times a day. It's compulsory to eat to the extent that will protect one's life. But we eat to such an extent that we are trying to protect other people's lives also. So, that is not compulsory that a person has to eat so many times a day and so often and whatever, but yes, he has to eat in a way that he maintains his health. But just as that maintenance of the health is necessary, Allah Ta'ala made compulsory for us to eat spiritually five times a day. That five times a day a person has to perform his first salah. There is no compromise on that because without this, just as a person now for two days at end, three days at end, didn't eat, he'll be an ICU case. Imagine a person didn't perform his salah one day, two days, or he's missing. What will become the condition of the ruh? That ruh is starving. That ruh is parched, thirsty. So the salah is the ghiza and the nourishment of that ruh. One is the first salah, there's no compromise on that. That a person now has to give, this is the very, very essential nourishment. And then once a year he'll have to nourish it further because now he has to boost this. So once a year the fasting comes. That now this will be an additional, very important nourishment. Compulsory nourishment for this roof. And then in terms of zakat, if he is now liable for zakat, hajj. But just as nobody feels very, very content and satisfied, 
to just eat the bare manamam when he can have more. Let alone more, we want luxurious food. Allah Ta'ala blessed us with so much of luxurious food as well, spiritually. There's tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, there's dhikr, there's dua, there's the nawafil salah, there's tahajjud, there's so many things that a person now could keep nourishing his soul and keep progressing and getting stronger spiritually. Now this is the aspect that we need to think about that so much of time, so much of effort, so much of concern is in place to take care of our physical selves. Is the balance there in terms of our spiritual selves? And then just as a person exposes his physical self to things that harm him. Now it is ice cold and he's going out in the cold without any warm clothing and it's raining on top of that, he's got no umbrella, no raincoat. So now it's ice cold and he's getting drenched. So now the 10 minutes outside in that freezing cold and on top of that it's raining and he got drenched. 10 minutes is too much, he'll be very sick. He might have to be hospitalized. He'll pick up some bronchitis immediately and possibly pneumonia because it's freezing cold, it's sub-zero temperature and on top of that it was raining and he got drenched out. He'll be very sick in a very short while. Won't take one hour, it'll be long before that. We understand that very well. So we don't expose ourselves to those extreme cold. It's extremely hot. Person now is taking so many precautions. He mustn't get in places where the heat goes to 45 and 50 degrees and whatever. So now people take so many precautions to avoid heat stroke and whatever other complications come as a result of exposure to extreme heat. So we save ourselves from exposure to extreme cold and extreme heat and all kinds of other things to protect our physical selves. But our ruh can be exposed to anything, exposed to all kinds of spiritual viruses, to the things that we look at, to the terrible effects that come onto the ruh through what we listen to, the wrong things, the evil things, the backbiting, the obscene things, vulgarity, the music and whatever other haram. And then what is going on in our hearts and minds? What is that doing to our ruh and soul? What is a person cooking up in his heart and mind? Now this is that concern that we have to develop, that just as we are concerned about our physical self, we have to be concerned about our spiritual self. After all, this physical self, this is just the vehicle. We have to look after the vehicle also. But the rider and the driver is the roof, and that is going to eventually be everything. This physical body will one day perish in the ground. Allah will resurrect it on the day of Qiyamah. But the roof remains. And the roof remains, and the roof is what is going to matter. And the soul, if it is destroyed, it is harmed, it is subjected to all kinds of evil and vice. And Allah forbid, what's going to be the case of the roof in the Qabr? On the day of Qiyamah, how is going to fail in front of Allah wa ta'ala? So this is the need. Now we need to bring the focus back to the reality. Bring the focus back to the reality. Look after the secondary also. But the reality must be in its place. This is what we see in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, the lives of the Ahlullah, the lives of the pious people. They understood the reality. 
Fine Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala there were times when he would recite the entire Quran Sharif in one rakat. The entire Quran Sharif in one rakat, why he put himself to such exertion? Because he wanted something in his ruh to grow beyond what he had already. He wanted to boost it beyond where it was. Like people want to keep boosting things of dunya. Whatever we own, we want double that. We've got double that, we want more than that. So likewise, those who have the reality in place, they exert themselves to bring that ruh to a better position. Rasulullah who was the greatest creation of Allah Taala, nobody and everybody put together couldn't come anywhere close to his maqam and position, the sinless and masoom Nabi of Allah Taala. But he is exerting himself to such an extent in such lengthy rakats of salah at night in the nawafil, not the farz. Farz, there was no question of any. In the time of Rasulullah, the, the situation at that time was that it was not possible to imagine any person deliberately missing his salah out of the question. As a result, even the munafiqeen, they would dare not miss salah with jama'ah. Because it become a pattern, this person, one, two, three, five, something is wrong. We see him around elsewhere, but he's not in the masjid. Something is seriously wrong. So in that period of time, the first salah, there was no question about missing it. But the nawafil as well, Nabi Salaam is performing such lengthy rakats that his feet are swelling. In other words, this is now hours going by in such a way that he's motionless standing in one spot as a result of which his Mubarak feet are swelling. And when Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu asks him, that why do you exert yourself so much? After all, you are masoom, you are sinless. What is his reply? That, Afala akunu abdan shakura? Should I not be a grateful servant of my Rabb? That this is gratitude. This is expressing shukr to Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala bless me with such a great bounty. So in any case, this was the reality that was in the lives of the pious people, the lives of the Ahlullah, that they exerted themselves in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, they exerted themselves in serving the deen of Allah Ta'ala, in uplifting the deen of Allah Ta'ala. We need to start focusing in this direction, that while we are, mashallah, taking care of whatever our physical needs are, our physical comforts and luxuries are, how much are we making our akhirat? How much are we dedicating towards uplifting ourselves spiritually? Now the spiritual upliftment, one is in the form of ibadat. And this is something that a person who truly, he takes that few minutes in the dead of night, or some quiet time in the day, some quiet place he went away, performed two rakat salah, with his heart completely attached to Allah Taala, very calmly reciting the Quran Sharif in the salah, very calmly making the tasbihat in lengthy ruku and sajda and thereafter turning to Allah Ta'ala and pouring his heart out to Allah Ta'ala that a person who will do that he'll himself see what nourishment came in the ruh that 10, 15, 20 minutes that he spent in that manner turning with complete devotion to Allah Ta'ala one is just to go through the motions but with his heart and soul, found it, took out time. 
took out time from perhaps the middle of his night or the middle of his day or whichever time and turned to Allah Taala in that very earnest manner very calmly performing that few rakats calmly reciting Quran Sharif trying to make that sajda ruku and sajda lengthy and then pouring his heart and begging Allah Taala, and then he, he himself will experience what has come in the room the person took his time dedicated some time for the tilawat of the Quran Sharif surround with respect and adab and then in a very calm manner reciting the ayat of the Quran Sharif while if he is able to, to contemplate and ponder over the ayat of the Quran Sharif then see what happens to the ruh what kind of nourishment will come into the ruh and likewise is the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala. that this is the nourishment for the ruh that there is dedicated time that he is giving to the remembrance of Allah ta'ala. the zikr of other things carries on all the time zikr of dunya zikr of wealth zikr of business zikr of entertainment and zikr of Allah knows best what not there is no end to it and hours will go by zikr in the literal sense meaning things we are just speaking about remembering this, remembering that but how much of time for the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala So this will, to the extent that this time is dedicated, at least sometimes, starting off with some little time also, dedicated time for the zikr of Allah Taala, and this will inculcate muhabbat, and the muhabbat will further inculcate the love for the zikr, the love for the salah, the love for tilawat, because when a person has love in his heart, then he also wants all the time be where that love takes him. He wants to be in the company of the beloved. So when that love for Allah Ta'ala comes, he'll want to be in the company of the Quran Sharif Tilawat because this will connect him to Allah Ta'ala. He'll want to be in Salah because Salah is the coolness of the eyes of the love of Allah Ta'ala. Qurratu Aini fi Salah Nabi Islam said, my coolness of my eyes is in Salah. He'll want to engage in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala because this will enhance that love for Allah Ta'ala, that connection with Allah Ta'ala, this will nourish that soul, this will bring that coolness to the heart. Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub, that with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, to the heart get that peace and tranquility. So all the other things, the remembrance carries on, out of that need we will do that also, whatever work has to be done, that work has to be done. What business has to be discussed will be discussed, but not at the expense of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala's grace is such that if that business, if that job, if that profession, if that work, that too is done in the correct manner with the right niyat, then at that time, that person who is saying, selling some item and is shouting 10 rands, 15 rands, 100 rands, and is shouting out to attract customers to buy that item, but why is he doing it? He's selling halal items, he's earning a halal risk. The purpose is to earn a halal risk to fulfill the obligation that Allah Ta'ala has put on him. That is his intention. And he's doing it in a correct manner without breaking any of the laws of Allah Ta'ala. Then he's shouting that 10 rand and 15 rand and 100 rand 
that will be counted as zikr as well. Provided his intention is right, the manner in which he is going about it is right, what he is doing, what he is engaging in, the nature of the business is in order, he hasn't compromised any laws of Allah Taala. then that 20 rand and 100 rand that he is shouting out to attract customers, that will be counted because of his niyad. That will be counted as part of zikr, though it can't reach the value of the zikr of taking Allah's name, but he'll be rewarded for earning a halal livelihood. And the person who is saying astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, but to show off to somebody, that will be counted as part of a sin. But here this person, even in that business talk, provided is within the limits of sharia, with the right intention, will get rewarded. But not compromising the commands of Allah Ta'ala. But the most important thing together with that is to understand the distinction now. What is the need and what is the object of life? That that earning a halal living is a need of life, not the object. The object of life is to connect ourselves to Allah, to recognize Allah, to recognize Allah and to earn His pleasure. That is the ultimate. Wallazikrullahi akbar. So now throughout the day, we have these opportunities either to feed the soul and nourish it, Allah forbid things we are doing which are harming the soul. The body we all the time know what will harm it, we stay away from it, what will benefit it, we all the time ready for it, we want to do it. But the soul, and any moment life could go, then we will be faced in our cover with our amal. On the day of Qiyamah it's us and our amal. Now it's the soul that will really count. What have we done for the soul? How much we benefited it? How much we harmed it? So these are the things now that we need to take greater concern about how much of effort we are putting in our salah, in our tilawat of the Quran Sharif, in dedicated time for zikr, in making an effort for deen, to uplift our own deen, to uplift the deen of others. This is what's going to really help us. And then, the most important thing with all this is giving up sin. Like we sometimes have seen, Allah forbid, somebody, some asset falls on him, what happens to his physical self? Sometimes some other liquid or fluid of that nature, very very harmful thing, falls on somebody's hand, it eats up the flesh. Certain things are very big big labels on it, warning, this is very toxic and this is very harmful. Don't let it ever fall on your body. If you're ever going to handle this, you must handle it with big gloves and so many big, big warnings. And a person who is handling those kind of things is very dangerous. Doesn't let his children come anywhere close to it. He's also putting double gloves. They ask for one glove, he's putting double gloves. Why? Because it's so harmful. So that acid can eat up the flesh of the body, but that music will do nothing to the soul that filth and haram that the person is looking at, that his soul will just carry on, nothing will happen. So this is unfortunately, this is the deception shaitan puts us in. Life will carry on, we'll sort it out later. But whereas now that hand got injured, that flesh came out, now he needs hospitalization sometimes. And then it takes such a long time after so much of medication and so much of effort and sometimes surgery required and a long healing period then it will come right. 
And on this side, we say we'll sort it out later. And pouring more acid on the soul and more acid on the soul. As a result, what happens? And all the inclination towards righteousness starts dying off. Salah, no inclination towards it. At the most, a person will force himself and get there. And that is the first salah, nafil salah, allowed of the Christian. Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, he'll, there's no inclination towards any good. How is he going to drag himself towards tilawat? And he'll be sitting, it's so easy to just move the tongue in taking the name of Allah wa ta'ala. How difficult is that? That is among the easiest of things and among the greatest of things. Among the easiest of things and among the greatest, greatest of things. Wala zikrullahi akbar. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Islam says that should I not tell you, Allah unabbi'ukum bi khayri a'malikum. The best of your actions. Wa in the malikikum. The most pure in the court of Allah Ta'ala. And what will raise your ranks much more than anything else. And is greater for you than spending wealth in sadaqah. And more virtuous for you than jihad. The Sahaba said, please do tell us. Rasulullah replied and said, the zikr of Allah The zikr of Allah is more greater than all this. Now obviously at the time of Salah, that is the zikr of that time. That Salah is performed. And at the time when a person is confronted with haram, that is the zikr of that time, to refrain from that haram. And together with that, keeping the tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala at all times, with all the different tasbihat and askar, till out of the Qur'an Sharif, the greatest form of the zikr. So this is how valuable the zikr is. And now to be sitting at that time, and to be engaging the tongue in some little recitation, little bit, little while, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله which Rasulullah described as Kanzum bin Kunuzil Jannah, one of the treasures of Jannah. But if there's acid all the time being poured on the roof, he'll rather sing one tune that he heard from some pop star. But his tongue won't move in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. To say istighfar a few times, and so many things have gone haywire, and we say astaghfirullah a few times at least, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. But if that soul has been constantly exposed to acid, then the tongue will find it very difficult to move with saying one time astaghfirullah. There have been situations, Allah forbid, there's a janazah salah taking place. Now that should be the time when it should melt anybody's heart. It should remind him of Allah Ta'ala. People came out of some kind of relationship. Out of some friendship, relationship, whatever with the deceased. But at that time, they stood outside, didn't join the janazah salah. They say, well, we came for the funeral. So that soul dies to such an extent that maybe the person didn't have wudu so he just remained standing outside though there was time still to make the wudu whatever but he didn't join the salah or maybe he didn't even know Allah knows this how to perform the janazah salah whatever the reason was so this is how the soul gets affected and Allah forbid it dies off and then there's no inclination towards righteousness so we have to that's the most important thing to cut out this acid to cut out all these things that are harming the soul. Because with all the good nourishment a person can eat, but if he keeps pouring acid on his body, he keeps eating poison also. 
What's going to be the outcome? The poison will overcome all the good nourishment. So likewise, the sins, the haram, that is the most essential thing to cut out. Sins of the eyes, sins of the tongue, sins of the ears, sins of the heart. To cleanse the heart out of all the evil, the pride, the arrogance, the malice, the jealousy, and all the things that lurk in the heart, the dirt and filth in the heart, this is what is the primary thing to clean the heart out of all this and to adorn the heart with the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala, the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and especially our five daily salah that goes without saying, this is what's going to bring our soul alive and Allah knows best when our mouth comes. Tomorrow is too far away, we have no guarantee of tonight, we have no guarantee of now. Allah Ta'ala bless us that we become conscious of our ruh, we all the time keep making an effort to nourish our ruh and we leave this world in a condition that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with that ruh. The body is going to become sand, but the ruh, that is what we have to make real effort on. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهل لا اله الا الله 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 لا اله إلا الله لا إله 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 
Allah, the sins of the eyes we blatantly commit, Ya Allah. The sins of the ears, Ya Allah, we don't stop from, Ya Allah. Allah, we've been engaging our tongues in speaking so much of evil and filth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, so much of vulgarity, Ya Allah. Allah, our hearts have been, Ya Allah, Allah, soaked in so much of sin and evil, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. With all our sins, we've drawn down azab, Ya Allah. Allah, we've drawn down azab upon ourselves, Ya Allah. Upon people all around the world, Ya Allah. Allah, we are the ones that are responsible for this, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us your true servants, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the tawfiq of Ya Allah. Ya Allah, becoming obedient to you, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the tawfiq of fulfilling all your commands, Ya Allah. Give us the tawfiq of staying away from all the haram, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the tawfiq of Ya Allah, stopping the evil of looking at haram, Ya Allah. Of speaking evil, Ya Allah. Of listening to evil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, cleanse and purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the love of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the love of the ego, Ya Allah. Remove the pride, malice and jealousy, Ya Allah. Remove all the filth and evil, Ya Allah. Remove all the illicit things from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the haram love, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with khashiyat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with inawat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with tawazu and humility, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the beautiful akhlaq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bless us with the noble akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, bless us with his beautiful mu'asharat and mu'amarat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the tawfiq of fulfilling our five-time salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform our salah in the way you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to remember you all the time, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, keep our hearts engrossed in your remembrance, Ya Allah. Keep our tongues engrossed in your remembrance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, keep us full with your remembrance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Give us the sweetness of zikr, Ya Allah. Give us the ecstasy of tilawat, Ya Allah. Give us the joy and pleasure of salah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make salah the coolness of our eyes, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. And all the difficulties and hardships throughout the world, Ya Allah. Wherever the Muslims are suffering, Ya Allah. And all this is due to our actions, Ya Allah. And we beg you for, Ya Allah, afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, for afiyat for ourselves, Ya Allah. For afiyat for one and all throughout the world, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, wherever Muslims are suffering, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, where they're suffering floods, Ya Allah. Where they're suffering from earthquakes, Ya Allah. They're suffering poverty, Ya Allah. They're suffering from, Ya Allah, oppression of the Zalimeen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, wherever and whichever way the Muslims are being, Ya Allah, put in us any suffering, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the pain and suffering, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, those who are without Iman, give them Iman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who already have Iman, strengthen their Iman, Ya Allah. Strengthen their Amal, Ya Allah. Give the topic of Taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with Taqwa, Ya Allah. Full of our hearts with Taqwa, Ya Allah. Enable us to live with Taqwa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, full Taqwa in our eyes, Ya Allah. Taqwa in our ears, Ya Allah. Taqwa in our hands, Ya Allah. Taqwa in our fingers, Ya Allah. That he doesn't press any wrong buttons, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Taqwa in every action of ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. From the mischief of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. 
Allah from all the mischief of the agents of shaitan ya Allah ilahul alamin protect us ya Allah protect our families ya Allah protect our friends and relatives ya Allah protect the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya Allah Allah protect the haramain sharifain ya Allah protect the haramain sharifain ya Allah protect the lands of the haramain sharifain ya Allah protect masjidul aqsa ya Allah protect all the masajid of the world ya Allah protect the madaris and makatib ya Allah protect the khanqahs ya Allah protect the efforts of da'wah and tabligh ya Allah protect all the efforts of the organizations of deen ya Allah all those who are striving for deen ya Allah Allah you accept all the good efforts ya Allah make it a means of hidayah ya Allah ilahul alamin save us from all the traps of nafsanshi let our akhlaq be a da'wah towards deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, we have a poor character, Ya Allah. Our evil character, Ya Allah. We've chased people away from deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, people who come in contact with us in our life, Ya Allah. In our homes, Ya Allah. In our businesses, Ya Allah. In our work, Ya Allah. On the street, Ya Allah. On the road, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the way we've conducted ourselves, Ya Allah. We've chased people away from deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive this major crime of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with akhlaq that will become da'wah towards deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, bless us with akhlaq that will become an invitation to the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, you save us from all the evils and vices, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. And all who have raised their hands to this dua, all who asked us to make dua for them, Ilahul Alameen, you are the know of each one's need, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jai's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant each one, Ya Allah, every khair and barakat, Ya Allah. Save from every shar, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, whatever we've asked for, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant us, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking for, did not ask, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaz wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyiduna Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi al-ma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbi